The time has come to get ready for the 2022 World Cup. And what better way to prepare than by revisiting the World Cup's most amazing goals? I'm Brian Phillips. I'm making a podcast about the history of the Men's World Cup, told through the stories of 22 iconic goals. The show's called 22 Goals. It's out now on the Ringer Podcast Network, and we're having so much fun. It's the Ringers Philly special presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same game parlays all in one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. Welcome to the Ringers Philly special, Shield Kapadia, joined by Ben Solak. The trade deadline has come and gone. We've got a football game somehow in like 48 hours. I just talked to Ben Solak like 14 hours ago this week, has thrown me off. Benjamin Solak, did the trade deadline live up to your expectations? You called yes. it. I feel like I owe you an apology. Yes. It was a fun trade deadline. Good trade deadline. I will say this morning, I was like, you know what? I don't feel it anymore. Like that was I was talking to other ring people this morning. I was like, I don't know. Like I, it, it doesn't feel as strong as it did yesterday. But I was born out true. Uh, good trade deadline. No, nothing for the Eagles after Robert Quinn, which you know would have been fun, but also is understandable. I think that that you now look at the team and it's in its finality, and you go, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a complete team. There's points of weakness. They're probably always going to be points of weakness. You know, Kareem Hunt still Brown. Dave Montgomery's still a bear. We'll wonder about that for a while, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, listen, we'll get to it. We're doing a, this isn't the Thursday 10. It's not Thursday, first of all, so you can't call it the Thursday 10. Uh, I'm going to call it it the Tuesday 6. Tuesday. So technically the alliteration would actually work this time, but no. (laughs) We don't have 10 things to get to. We're going to do the Tuesday 6, a bit of an abbreviated pod, but we'll still jump into a lot of stuff. We'll talk trade deadline. We'll talk about the film from the Steelers game. And listen, we're not going to give you a four-hour deep dive on the Houston Texans. We'll get into the Houston Texans. You'll know about the Houston Texans, but it's the Houston Texans. Eagles are 13.5-point favorites in this game. This is the most highly uh, (laughs) sought-after, highly anticipated Houston-Philadelphia sports matchup happening. We (laughs) we have to give it so much time and attention. I know it's so annoying. They could, uh, you know, they should, I wish they could have just moved it to Friday or, or something so that these two games would not be going up against one another. But let's get to it. Ben Solak, uh, question number one Was there a trade that was made 
that you think the Eagles should have been in on. So uh, all the players that got moved, Christian McCaffrey, Chase Claypool, Bradley Chubb, TJ Hawkinson, Roquan Smith, Calvin Ridley, William Jackson, Naheem Hines. Am I missing anybody? Jacob Martin going back to the Broncos from the Jets. Okay. And I do not have Jacob Bradley Martin Chubb. Yeah. Okay, there you go. So those are all of the ones. Now, in a second, we can get to ones that, hey, like you mentioned, Hunt and Montgomery. Hey, we wish, you know, one of these would have happened. But the trades that were actually made are fun to look at because we know exactly what the compensation was. So we can say, shoot, why didn't the Eagles give up X if this team gave up X? When you look at all those deals, is there one? Are there any? Are there zero? that you say, you know what, uh, if I'm Howie, I at least would have had a long meeting uh, with Jeffrey about this and decided whether this was a dir- the direction we wanted to go in. There is a one that stands out to me. Like, I think, okay. you know, like uh, like William Jackson might have been nice as like corner depth, but it seems like teams are, yeah. you know, like thinking of him as, as a potential starter and that wasn't going to be the case for him in Philly. So they probably weren't going to make an offer that would have combated the other offers. We haven't yet really seen the details on that deal yet from the Steelers. Well, William Jackson heading to Pittsburgh, that is. Uh, so that one, like if Zach Moss were available, I think Zach Moss could have been nice for them in terms of getting a heavier back in the building. But again, like I wouldn't have been tripping over myself to get that done. Uh, Zach Moss kind of a, a pretty average running back, just has the size the Eagles currently lack. Nothing, nothing, nothing to me stands out that happened today where I was like, wow, you know, they, they really missed out on not having gotten that done. The Calvin Ridley thing would have been interesting. So, you know, they were sniffing around Calvin, but that would have just been too much, too, too much wide receiver talent. There's no need for that. I'm trying to wrap my head around that deal. So we don't know when Ridley is going to be reinstated, correct? Uh, we expect him to be reinstated next to, year. Yeah. For next season. That's, I don't think for that's next like season. confirmed by the league though. Okay. So, yeah. So we don't know that for sure. He played five games last year. He didn't play this year. The deal, the the for, for, if you didn't see it, the Jaguars made this trade with the Falcons, and it's got all sorts of stipulations based on Ridley's playing time, uh, if Ridley's on the roster, and if Ridley signs an extension. I think if he signs a long-term extension, yeah. it can go up to a second-round pick, correct? Yeah, so Ridley has to apply for extension in 2023. Uh, apply for reinstatement. reinstatement, excuse me, thank you. Uh, if he does... If he fails to do so, like he doesn't get reinstated by a certain date, then the 2023 fifth rounder becomes a sixth, so it gets worse. If he makes the team in 2024 now, so two years in the future, then that future fifth, the 2024 fifth, becomes a fourth. If he hits a playing time milestone, it becomes a third. And if he is extended long-term, which they don't really define what long-term is, if he's in long-term, it becomes a second. So it is the most... Weird I'm, I'm confused and you laid it out very well there yeah. but you make a good point the the what it's a great what if if mm-hmm. the eagles made that trade for calvin ridley guess guess who's not an eagle aj, AJ browns AJ brown's not an eagle if the eagles signed christian kirk and the jaguars didn't go to 18 million guess who's not an eagle aj brown if the eagles signed alan robinson who they were reportedly in on Oh my gosh, what a disaster that would have been. A.J. Brown is not an eagle. So kudos to Howie and the personnel staff for landing A.J. Brown. Also, let's all, you know, when we're having these discussions about who's a good GM, who's a bad, let's at least acknowledge that there's a lot of luck and randomness in this. Oh and, yes, uh, very much so. Yeah, sometimes you don't make a deal and that ends up being the best thing for you. I mean, this is a franchise-changing move to get A.J. Brown. Uh, I'm with you. I wrote down right here, I would not have done any of those deals that I just outlined. Ah, I am a little sur- buzzer beating deal. Okay, is it Chiefs, Eagles related? No, Chiefs sent Rashad no. Fenton to the Falcons. Gosh, can't believe we missed out on that one. 
Rashad Fenton to the Falcons. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Was Rashad Fenton not playing for them? He's play, he plays for the Chiefs, doesn't he? He has. They they with. They're um, expecting McDuffie back, I guess. Yeah, McDuffie back, and Watson has played well, and so you go McDuffie, Watson, Legarius Sneed, and you feel okay. like Fenton's the odd man out there, and the Falcons talked about this on the extra point kind of need corner depth behind aj terrell they lost aj terrell and immediately just started giving up 30 point games uh yeah, they're playing practice squatters yeah so okay there you go but apparently just as okay, a, as, okay there's a chance that something still happens we're still getting leaks right. at 425 so this will be the one episode i do not yell at you for checking twitter while we're recording you you're, you okay. are allowed to do that today in case there is some breaking news. So, uh, yeah, little surprising. You know, I sort of just had that sense that, hey, I think the Eagles are going to add a running back. I don't know who it's going to be. That didn't end up happening. We'll find out if they were close to any of these guys, Kareem Hunt, David Montgomery, if they were in on Naheem Hines uh, or not. But instead, they'll they'll ride with Miles Sanders, Kenny Gainwell, and Boston Scott. So that will be the backfield the rest of the way. I, I'm with you. I feel fine about the roster. I don't look at any of these and go, shoot, they should have done that. I, I'm all for being aggressive when you have a chance to win a Super Bowl. But I, you know, they made the Robert Quinn move. They're relatively healthy, uh, other than corner, where it's just hard to find a starting corner at this point in the season. Um, for insurance, uh, there wasn't really an area other than safety, which we mentioned. But no, no safeties got moved. So I don't know that there was a deal to be made there. All right. So Robert Quinn is the Jay Ajayi move of this year. We'll see how it goes. All right, let's go to question number two. Eagles offensive film. Benjamin, I'll, I'll be honest, I was zooming through the film, the offense and defensive film. If there was like a three-yard carry, I didn't exactly spend time rewinding it and looking at the alignment and looking at the technique and seeing what I could draw from it. I was trying to hit on more of the big plays. Did you have any big takeaways from either zooming through or maybe, I don't know, maybe you were spending nine hours on it. I don't know. You don't sleep. You're young, so you can, <laughs> uh, you can do that. I can't do that anymore. Uh, what'd you take away from the Eagles offensive film? Uh, I would say the main thing is they are increasingly moving away from being a one tight end on the field team and moving towards being a two plus tight end on the field team, right? You just saw a lot of, of condensed sets. You saw a lot of, like they had 13 personnel putting Jack's, uh, uh, Grant Calcaterra in the backfield. They had like unbalanced lines where they get the two tight ends kind of a, a, a using the two tight ends to widen the surface. Then you get Jordan Mailata to move over. You get Lane Johnson to move over and you kind of, you, they ran like a play action pass to Dallas Goddard out of that. It's like, just like gnarly to defend. It's tough stuff. Uh, and so the, uh, the uh, increased snaps for 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 Sol and Calcaterra, I think, is something you're seeing kind of over the course of eight weeks now. I think like it's like you know it's it's not a linear growth, but it's going to be a thing where you see these spike weeks. I think they're starting to feel more comfortable with those young guys, and I think they also like where they can go heavier personnel. Having no, like they, they did it a lot, like 2018, 2019, and they were so good running out of it. I just think it's like a, it's another layer for this offense is we talked a lot about how they're a spread to run team they can run out of the gun but you saw them run out of under center and run out of pistol and get a little bit heavier which is a nice development uh be curious to see what the tight end rotation uh continues to look like especially because neither calcaterra nor stoll has kind of revealed themselves to be a legitimate pass catching weapon yet of course last week uh the eagles opened the practice window for tyree jackson who was a player they were excited about the tight end position he's a ex-quarterback at the college level who's they're kind of trying to develop and bring on see if they can get a Logan Thomas sort of player out of him so once he's uh healthy and able to play I'll be curious to see where he slots in this rotation because they're doing multiple tight end stuff neither Sol nor Calcaterra are needle movers for me so I'm, I'm curious to see where Jackson kind of ends up slotting into that uh I would say and this has been a long-standing take I've had is 
Can we settle down on on Tyree Jackson? I no, mean, we cannot. The, the Eagles have sold Tyree. I don't know if they've sold or the public has been sold or the media has been sold on Tyree Jackson and being Logan Thomas or being a contributing player. Listen, I hope he has a great career. I well, hope Felipe he's a great Franks. player. This is a player with three catches for 22 yards in his career, and he will he, he turns 25 uh, next week. So listen, I hope he's a great player. I hope he recovers from the injury. I'm not putting any eggs in the Tyree Jackson uh, basket here. So that, I just that, that's my brand. I have to you know make it uh, consistent because I've heard this before. I heard it when they traded Zach Ertz. Oh, they're really excited about Tyree Jackson. Settle down. Uh, let's see it before we buy it. I think you know I was thinking about Stoll uh, as I was watching this game, and I think he's been fine. There there aren't a lot of plays where I'm like, oh man, you know Stoll got crushed here there aren't a lot of plays where i say wow stole did a great job yeah. there he's he's pretty and that's kind of what you get with your number two tight end so you make a good point i actually hadn't realized this with the uh personnel percentages i just brought them up so their lowest percentages of 11 personnel have all come in their last three games so how do you uh, get these up so fast i don't tell you what i'm going to talk about and then you just you pull up these stats it takes, it it's a me, report it would take offensive me five, personnel percentage it would take me five on true media yeah, I'll show it to you. See, ah, you just yeah. got to ask. It would take me literally ask. five minutes Listen, to find this. The I'm old like, guy still got some tricks yeah, up his sleeve, baby. You just got to ask. Got the technology <laughs> working for him. It's I a report, it. he says. I don't even know where they keep reports on this thing. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so, you know, obviously their highest percentages of uh, 12 personnel have been their last two games. Because at first when you said that, I was thinking, well, is it really a trend or was this just a one game thing? But it has been the last two or three games where they've moved more towards that. So that's a a good call, something to keep an eye on. Uh, The other stuff is just reinforcing a lot of what we said after the game, the change ups on offense. Uh, The one I didn't catch live was the they lined up to do the QB sneak and they flipped it to Miles Sanders there on third and one. Beautiful change up uh they're so good in short yardage i mean we've said it before but my gosh you watch a lot of these games on a sunday and i'm sure eagles fans do the same these games are flipped on those like fourth and ones those third and twos where the offensive coordinator has something that looked great on the board during the week and then they go out to execute it and it's a seven yard loss and you go oh my gosh that just flipped the entire game so they're really good uh in short yardage the two touchdowns off the fake screens outstanding hurts the two touchdown throws uh touchdowns two and three to aj brown i mean absolute dimes on both of those we talked about it i feel like earlier in the season haven't come back to it he throws a pretty deep ball i mean when he's got time back there and he's on time he can throw it with very nice touch it's a small sample but he's completing 50 percent of his throws of 20 yards or more i think that's fourth in the nfl league average is about 35 36%. 36%. So uh, again, small sample, but he's really done a good job there. I just found uh, the personnel report. This is great. There news. you go. Yeah, See, buddy. there you go. I'm saving you time just to ask. Listen, I'm a text away. I'm a slack away. We communicate through like seven different channels. Hey, listen, I got it all. I got, got the truth. I, li- stuff I literally like, I just watch and then I go like, oh, they're in more 12 than they used to be. And then eventually I'm like, oh, I should probably look at the number and see if that's actually right. But they are, so we're good. Um, yeah, no, the 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 very pretty deep ball is nice. And it's cool because, like, you, if you just used the blanket descriptors of what the Eagles offense was this week, like 12 personnel play action deep shot team, it's like, all right, cool. They're like the Vikings of the last couple of years, like the Rams 2018 and 2019. And then you rewind the clock two weeks, and it's like, oh, yeah, they're a four-wide shotgun bubble screen team. Like, right. oh, they're like the Cardinals the last few, uh, last few years, like the Ravens the last few years. They Their identity 
uh, molds, or, excuse me, not molds, melds, changes so quickly, week, week in, week out. It's, again, speaks to just every time I watch them, I'm so impressed by how well prepared this coaching staff is. And they just, yeah, they, it's a great quality. They like, because you watch the Eagles and you go, why won't other teams do this? Like, this is just like, call bubble screens until you know the team is keying on bubble screens and then call the fake bubble screen go route and score a touchdown. Like, why don't the other teams yeah. do this? Yeah. They try so simple. and they can't get it. You brought up like teams are trying to hit James Robert with a double move. Teams try to set these things up. They can't do it. The opposing defenses figure it out. They're ready for it. The players are too good. The Eagles are just constantly right on that correct moment, right on that next counter, right when they, they've got you where you don't want to be they're on to the next thing. Like their ability to kind of stay ahead of this curve throughout the course of games, throughout the course of weeks it, it's a huge testament to this coaching staff. It's no like, you know, oh, like Sean McVay runs play action. Kyle Shanahan does motion. But it's just as valuable. In terms of they're just constantly, they're on that cutting edge. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A uh, couple other things that stood out. Uh, I feel like we don't even talk about Sirianni's game management, which is a good thing. I mean, they went for a fourth and two early on there. You know, you've made the point before that it's not about just going forward in those situations. It's about having the right calls. And they've really nailed it in most of these games this year, they had a fourth and two. They run that RPO uh, to Goddard that we've seen, and they pick up a first down. So they've been aggressive. They've been good with game management. Uh, we got to give Miles Sanders and Kenny Gainwell credit for their blitz pickup. I mean, yes, as very, very the good best move. it's you. been all year. Fantastic. I mean, if you look at these big plays that the Eagles hit, one of those guys is picking up a blitzer and it's not, you know, sometimes it's like just kind of get in the way and slow them down. That's one form of blitz pickup. And the other is like really kind of stone them. And I thought they were really stoning those blitzers in this game. So uh, I love to see that. I've always thought with running backs and backs and blitz pickup, like that your, your coach should be able to get to them there. And I know that's not always the case and it's probably naive, but it's like, this should be something that can be taught and that a player can get good at if the coach is connecting with him. Again, I know that's not always the case, but that's how it is in my head. And so to see them maybe not being great at that at times this year and to come back off the bye, whether it was an emphasis or not, I don't know, and do that was a really uh, positive sign. So that was the other hey, thing. Hey, hey, Dean Marlowe to the Bills. We're still moving, kids. Just, Dean just, Marlowe. Just, just, I thought Dean. Wait, was Dean Marlowe on the Bills before? Nah, 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 nah. That's no. uh, he's on the Falcons now. He's back on the Bills <laughs> for a seventh round pick. We just, just dominoes falling across Dean the course Marlo. of the league. All right, uh, Eagles offense through eight weeks: third in EPA per drive, fifth in success rate, third in DVO, DVOA on offense, and Hertz fifth in EPA per pass play. It's all working. It's all working so far. Let's see if it and continues to work. guess who it's to still going to work against? The Houston still, Texans. And the Indianapolis Colts and the Washington Commanders. And, and something we else. We can go on and on. Yeah, no, the offense has been legit. All right, defense. Uh, anything stand out to you on film from the Eagles defense? Like I cannot emphasize yeah, enough how much no. <laughs> what stands out to me on the Eagles defensive film is how bad the Steelers offense is. Najee Harris is just yeah. not good. It's just... just that yeah. John, yeah, like uh, that uh, play where he caught the ball in the flat. What was it like a third and two? Yeah, third and, and two. He's and he just waited space? to get tackled. Oh yep. my gosh! Uh, which, like, I, I will say one thing I noticed is like Hassan Reddick's a really good tackler in space. They drop him a lot, and it's like, oh, that's kind of annoying. Like he should pa- ru- rush the passer. He's a really good tackler in space, which is nice. A lot of these these outside linebackers who drop not only can't cover, but they don't know how to break down in space. They're not like used to doing that with their body. Reddick's an ex-off-ball linebacker, ex-corner, right? Like the whole like tempo and he bulked up and whatever. Like He, he, he plays knows. really hard and yeah. he plays really hard. Yeah, that's yeah. part of it too. So he knows, I mean, he knows he how to do that, with the high motor. Nice. Yeah. Um, 
So they, I, I was, I, there were a couple plays I was like, oh, nice from Redick. There was like a player or two I was like, oh, Kaiser still playing well. Nice to see. Uh, James Bradbury, solid. But they're just not this. This defense doesn't. Te- excuse me. This offense doesn't test you at all. Like I, I, I would yeah. wager by the time we get to the end of the year, this is the least interesting offense the Eagles face in terms of learning things about their defense because it's just toothless. Yeah. They do four things and and neither one of them are scary and none of them get down the field. So like at least Houston, you're like, oh, like line's pretty good. Damian Pierce can run. They got to make sure they tackle in this game. Brandon Cooks got some speed. Got to make sure you you respect that. Though who knows if. Brandon Cooks is going to play in this game because he's very upset with the Texans right. right now. Like, there's still stuff. Like, this game was, like, if anything, it would have been like, oh, the Eagles corners against George Pickens and Deontay Johnson, but they blanketed them for four quarters, and we talked about that yeah. on, on the postgame show. So defensively, this was just a, a, a dominant performance stem to stern. Yeah, absolutely. The cornerback play has been so good. Bradbury on film, there's you know he got burned on one double move early where they hit Fryermuth over the middle of the field. The ball didn't go uh, to Deontay Johnson on that play, and then after after that play, they couldn't get. They tried to get him again multiple times on a double move. Uh, they did not. He got called for the one DPI, but Pickens got called for the one uh, OPI there. Avante Maddox, you called out after the game, which I thought was good. I thought he he definitely looked yeah. outstanding here. Darius Slay. I I mean, uh, fantastic season, Fan, you know, got tested, I think, the one time there and had a terrific pass breakup on the right side. So the cornerback play was great. Uh, Reddick looping around, we mentioned after the game. I mean, something they haven't done. And uh, man, it was fun to see. It was executed perfectly. Reddick just crushed him. Graham got some push in there. Uh, Fletcher yeah. Cox was lined up at defensive end on that play. Uh, Josh Sweat had a nice rush on that play. So I like having those different tools that teams have to account for. Um, so so that was definitely a nice change up to see here. All right, so they didn't trade for a nose tackle. We talked about Jordan Davis after the game. I think the plan will be Marlon T and Javon Hargrave taking those snaps for him at nose tackles. What do you think? I definitely think you'll see a good amount of Marlon T. The tricky thing is if they put Hargrave at nose, then Fletch is at one of your three tech spots between the guard and the tackle, line up as a traditional defense tackle. Who's your other guy? Milton? Milton probably had one of his better games, I would say, this last week. Maybe he's getting a little bit healthier. Yeah, I, I think that would be the guy. It's pretty much, it's, it's right. So it's pretty much got to be Milton Williams. It has to be, yeah. Fletch plus Milton Williams in terms of like staunchness in run defense is rough. That's 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 worrisome. Like Milton and Fletch are both the sort of players who they're like, either I'm making a tackle two yards behind the line of scrimmage, or I don't really like being in on this play right now. Uh, and that, I think, is, is worrisome, especially because Hargrave, who played the nose a lot with the, the Steelers before he came to Philadelphia and was quite good at it, is still like, you know, he's he, he's been most successful in Philadelphia as a penetration player. I don't really know what he's going to look like as like a true two-gap nose in the way the Eagles play defense. So we'll, we'll see. I think he could be fine, but I don't think it's like super high impact. And Milton and Fletch next to them is, is, is a little bit of a of a concern for me. So I think you would ideally more so be in a world where Marlon is, is playing that no spot and, and, and doing well. Uh, then you have Fletch and Hargrave in their more traditional spots. The players that it really stresses out when you put Marlon there is uh, TJ Edwards. It, Edwards has played better this year than I thought he would. I brought up the fact that he looks more athletic in space. He looks faster. He looks quicker. Uh, the book on Edwards has always been though he's a really good thumper. He's a really good tack- uh, b- tackler between the tackles. He's good at taking on blocks. He is a good tackler. I don't think he's that great at taking on blocks. And I, to me, he's been roughly the same of that this season as, as opposed to previous seasons. 
when you have a really good nose in front of you, you can play slow, right? Read it out, read it out. The nose is taking up space. I'm going to see where the back goes. And I'm going to go meet him in the gap. Once the nose gets worse in front of you, you now have to play faster as a linebacker. You can't wait because the, the climbing lineman is going to get to you more easily, more regularly. You have to be able to make guesses. You have to be able to make choices. You have to be able to be explosive and then defeat a block, right? That puts a lot of stress on Edwards. So how they end up figuring it out is kind of like, which defensive tackles do you like where? There's a couple different options. Either way, it's going to stress TJ. And when they're in their, their two linebacker stuff, Kaiser, it's going to stress those two guys more. Interested to see how they respond. One player who's really, really good on the Eagles roster in terms of the data that we have in slipping blocks in tight areas is N'Kobe Dean. And, and it'll be mm. very curious to see what uh, how well Edwards and uh, Kaiser deal with kind of new timing, new adjustments on the interior. And if they have struggles, be curious to see if we end up getting some Nicobe Dean reps weeks down the road. This, this, is, this would be quite a ways down the road. Uh, Texans are a good initial test because the Texans will run between the tackles and Damian Pierce is, is, is a tough guy. He's a tough guy to tackle. Like I, I think yeah. he's getting a little bit jacked up right now in terms of like rookie hype and everything, but he still is a bowling ball. And so it, it's going to be an interesting challenge for the Eagles between the tackles coming right off this Davis injury. Yeah. I, I mean, Listen, their their run defense will probably slip for the next four to six weeks or for however long Jordan Davis is out. If there's an area of your defense that you don't mind if it slips a little bit, it's run defense, overpass defense, overpass rush. You know, if you, if you were dealing with an injury at cornerback, it would be more devastating. I mean, I was trying to think of like where Jordan Davis falls in terms of how devastating an injury in terms of defensive players. I mean, he's, he's playing 21.8 snaps per game. We've talked about how he's important, how he has a unique skill set compared to the other guys on the roster. I'm not saying uh, he doesn't. But still, the, he's 13th on the team in you know number of defensive snaps per game. And the 12 players who are ahead of him are all healthy right now. So it's like in yeah. terms of injuries in, uh, in week nine, this is about as, gr- as good as you can hope for. If you can't figure it out with uh, you know, a, a, a 22 a snap, snap a game defensive tackle being injured, uh, then you have other issues. So again, I think they'll probably slip a little bit in the, in the run defense, but I think overall they will be okay. Do you know where this team ranks right now in EPA per drive on defense, Benjamin? Sixth. First. Yeah, get out of Dodge. <laughs> yeah. That's They're ahead of the Broncos. They're just ahead of the Broncos in EPA per drive on defense. Now, uh, 14th in success rate. So we don't want to sound like a broken record here. However, the turnovers are certainly helping them uh, quite a bit here with, with that EPA per drive compared to uh, success rate, which would treat a you know forced fourth down the same as it would a pick six. So uh, they're second in defensive DVOA. The other thing that's like success rate is uh, drive success rate, which just measures how often is the other team getting a first down or a touchdown with each series. They actually rank 17th there. It's happening. Uh, I believe I forget what the percentage is, but they're 17th there. So uh, mm-hmm. listen, I don't want to harp on it every week because they're going to play some more bad defenses. And guess what? They're probably going to crush them and they're going to stay in the top five in all these categories. I am. I was thinking the Ladder, you know, the late part of the season will be a little bit more interesting than I thought. Again, the Packers are not a juggernaut, but still, let's see how they perform against Aaron Rodgers. The Titans are not great. If they have Tana ill healthy and they have Derrick Henry, they can do some things. Uh, the Giants are not great, but they've found some ways in some weeks to do some things. So it'll be more of a test than it is, I think, now and really in the next uh, two or three weeks here. All right, let's take a little break and we'll come back and we'll talk about the Texans. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, 
Can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. You want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Au contraire, you're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. UGG has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the Golden Collection at UGG.com. All right. Question number four. And we, again, really are not doing a deep dive on this. What do people need to know about this Texans offense, Ben? Texans offense, uh, they have a solid running game and a solid offensive line. They're going to try to beat you by working uh, early down runs, and then they'll work some play-action pass off of that. Uh, Davis Mills, fascinating little player at quarterback. Uh, I, I, I learned when I was doing a, a, a piece on quarterback scrambling. Davis Mills, in terms of EPA per dropback, when unpressured, is 36th out of 38 quarterbacks. This was through seven weeks. This was before last week when he was just generally really bad. Unpressured dropbacks, 36th of 37 quarterbacks. On pressure dropbacks, 13th of 37 quarterbacks. That's not the way it's supposed to work. You're supposed to get a lot worse when you're pressured. And the fact that his, his EPA per play just when pressured is just flat better than his unpressured EPA per play. Which really? Is that, now, that is unpre- that's pretty much unprecedented over the course of an uh, it's, it's, entire it's season. Bananas. Yeah. So what, what does this tell you? Uh, Davis Mills and the Texans passing attack isn't good enough to beat you. So you don't have to worry about sending extra bodies, right? Because pressured is correlated to, not directly, but correlated to blitz packages, right? There's no need to send him a blitz. You don't need to show him an, you know, an extra body come in and show him where a hot route could be or show him where space is. You can just rush four, drop seven, and the Texans will beat themselves in the passing game. You have to get them into passing downs, which means you have to be good against this running, this, this, this running game with Damian Pierce. And the running game for them is fine. It's good against bad defenses. It's kind of feasted against like the Chargers a little bit, right? Against a good run defense like the Eagles, I don't really think they're going to be up to snuff. Obviously, the Jordan Davis question mark is the big one. The Eagles have the talent to beat them in run defense. The package they've used for run defense this year, they no longer have available because they don't have Jordan Davis. So if you lose to this team, you're going to lose on 30 Damian Pierce carries for 158 yards and two touchdowns. It's going to be one of those games, right? And then Davis Mills will take his opportunities in the play-action pass game and what have you. If you can keep them behind the sticks, this passing game is not nearly enough uh, to cause you any stress, right? This is a Brandon Cooks, Nico Collins, Philip Dorsett receiver room. How did Brandon Cooks not get traded? Your your Brandon Cooks to the Chargers trade proposal was so good. You see, How did that not happen? You see Brandon Cooks out here tweeting? He was immediately after the deadline. Uh, Brandon, no. Brandon Cooks, uh, don't take a man's kindness for granted. 
covered for the lies for too long. Those days are done. Crossed the line while playing with my career. And then he signed it off with an arrow, like an arrow in a a bow. And I was like, what does that mean? Like, let's read into the symbolism. And then it turns out- It's a touchdown celebration. Yeah, so it turns out every single tweet he sends, he he signs off with with that little arrow thing. And in his bio, it says Brandy Cook's The Archer. So I mostly, I just kind of want to know what Brandy Cook's archery thing is. But also- He's clearly very upset with the Texans. So you could be in a position where you're seeing even the Texans without their best receiver. Um, it's not a scary passing attack. It's a running attack that they will ground and pound and beat you with it if you can. So you have to have an answer for that. And if you have an answer for that, play your play your basic stuff in the pass defense. Rush with your four. If you get to Davis Mills, great. If you don't, he can't beat you with his arm. And they don't have enough receiver talent to beat you one-on-one. See, this is why I couldn't be a GM. If you told me there was a player available who had like, what, six 1,000-yard seasons, signs off all his tweets with an arrow and yeah, Nick like is the archer. I'm going, how many first round picks we got? Let, let's, that is a guy we are 100% uh, targeting there. So I like that. Yeah. He does that when he has a big, uh, when he has a touchdown, he pulls out the, so that's what it is. I had no idea. I would, I would like to learn more about that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's a good player. Right? Yeah. He's, yeah. he's a very good player. Uh, he's, he's had success all over the place. Yeah. Their offense, like you mentioned, the stats back up what you're saying. 29th EPA per drive, 30th in success rate, 31st in DVOA. Davis Mills, 32nd in EPA per pass play ahead of Kenny Pickett, Mitchell Trubisky, and Baker Mayfield. So uh, other than Cooks, they don't have a lot in terms of pass catching talent. Philip Dorsett played 42 snaps last week. It feels like he's been in the league for roughly 17 uh, seasons mm-hmm. on 14 different teams. Philip Dorsett, uh, Damian Pierce, I like a lot, uh, 539 yards, averaging four and a half yards per carry, runs with violence, breaks tackles, fun player. So like you said, if they're, if it gets a little hairy at a point in the first half or whatever, I think we'll be saying, oh my gosh, the Eagles tackling stinks today. They didn't show up. And Damian Pierce is, is running through some of those tackles. And the other thing you mentioned, yeah, their offensive line is is fine. It's a solid group, and so it's not a group that you would expect to just kind of push around the entire game. But it's a it's one of the worst offenses in the NFL. It's one of the most irrelevant teams in the NFL. All right, what do people need to know about this Texans defense? Highest rate of cover two in the NFL, twenty six percent. We'll also lovey. We'll also play a little cover three, a little cover one, high percentage zone. They don't blitz, blitz a lot. Uh, their pass rush is not very good. They got Jerry Hughes, another guy who's he might actually be have been in the league for 17 years yeah. or whatever I just said. He's been around uh, a long time. Other than that, they don't have a ton of pass rush. Derek Stingley, I'm excited to watch a little Derek Stingley, especially when the film comes out. Watch a little Stingley versus whoever he's on uh, against the Eagles. They've got Steven Nelson, who Eagles fans know from last year. Competent uh, veteran player, not a fantastic player by any means. Uh, and then they got some young players, Christian Harris, Jalen Petrie uh, at safety, Anything that I that I missed there, Ben? Yeah, I was I was gonna my uh, I was gonna have a little uh, Stephen Nelson punchline. Where I was gonna be like, "Hey, Eagles fans, who do you want to throw the ball at?" X third overall pick who's been incredible to start the season doesn't have like the counting stats of of Sauce Gardner and Tariq Woolen in terms of the production, but it's just been great on the ball, been awesome in coverage. Or who remembers Stephen Nelson? Anybody? Any Stephen Nelson fans in the chat? Uh, yeah, the, 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 those are primary outside corners. Then they play Desmond King in the slot. There's just no reason to throw the ball near Stingley. Uh, so we're starting to see how the Eagles offensive game plan, particularly in the passing game maps onto what defenses they get. 
And at this point, like it's the very heavy man cover teams on which they rely on AJ Brown. And it just doesn't look like this is a heavy man cover team. So I don't think it's a big AJ game. When you go and you look back at the teams that they've played who have been more zone cover, Minnesota Vikings is kind of a a good exemplar for this. Arizona Cardinals also play more zone coverage this this season. A good example for this. You see the shallow passing game, you see the RPO game. So this is your Dallas Goddard game. This is your Devontae Smith bubble screen game. This is your slant RPO to AJ Brown game. This is your screen game to the running backs. Like low depth of target, not the crazy Jalen Hurts numbers we just saw, but they're still moving the football down the field. The other reason why it's a big RPO game is because you have such, just such a soft run defense in Houston. And Texans fans got very mad at me because I said after the Titans game that it was, it was inexcusable to let Derrick Henry run on them the way that he just ran roughshod on him at over 200 yards and multiple touchdowns. This without Ryan Tannehill in the game. Like this was the only thing the Titans were ever going to do on offense and they still were unprepared for it. What, one pass in the second half they threw? Yeah, and so people people are like, oh, like you didn't watch the game. Uh, Look at the games. They tried. They just couldn't. Okay, Uh, Derrick Henry had seven or fewer players in the box on over 50% of his carries. Interesting. Inexcusable. There's no reason to ever have fewer than eight players in the box with against a Derrick Henry team where they're under center with multiple tight ends, but they're playing with, with these Malik two deep Willis. safeties. Yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. They're playing with these two deep safeties. Uh, so now in Philadelphia, you're in an interesting spot because typically when the Eagles go RPO game and running game, they go spread. Well, if the tight if the Texans aren't going to load the box on you and you go condensed, I think you can see similar formations and similar tight end usage to what you saw in the Steelers game. One of the reasons why I brought it up. This is a game to go and add an extra tight end, bring Dallas Goddard in, bring Jack Stoll in, and say, hey, if you're still going to go too deep safety on this, yeah, we're, 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 we're going to run it now and have a numbers advantage, have extra blockers. We can run a variety of things, and then we can run our RPO game with Goddard. This smells like a huge Goddard pass catching game because he's on the field for 100% of the snaps, dominating as a run blocker, and then when he leaks out, there's nobody uh, within a mile of him. So that's, that's the read I have on this one. They should be able to run the ball really, really well. I know Miles Sanders set his his career best number earlier this season. I can't remember against whom it was, but whatever that number is, I mean, we could just be right back to, to challenging that number again. Like this is a, this is a big handoff game, big RPO game. Their O-line. Yeah. Their O-line yeah. should really dominate this, uh, this game for sure. Really, honestly, they can probably do whatever they want. Uh, <laughs> in this game, there is a huge talent. It doesn't mean it's going to happen, but on paper, they can pretty much go in with any game plan that they want and they should be able to execute it. All right. I don't have anything more on the Texans defense. Let's get to the game predictions. Benjamin Solak, let me let me double check here. It was a 13 and a half point line. Is the it still the biggest line so far this season for a road team? The Eagles 13 and a half point favorites over the Houston Texans. They're gonna cover. I, I don't know. They're gonna they are gonna jump out to a multiple score lead in the first in the first half. They're, they're they <laughs> they shouldn't have any issue moving the ball on regular game scripts. And then once they get on a ball control, clock control game script going to look exactly the freaking same and they're going to move the ball again we also now have seen to this point the eagles will go for it on fourth downs with a lead with the intention of just eating more clock and they'll do that against houston so they're not even going to be like a bad team that surrenders a lot in, in, in garbage time right and then houston needs like like unlike the steelers who like need to throw the ball in order to move the ball so when they were playing from behind they're still generating movement the texans need to run the ball to move the ball once they're playing from behind and they have to go like drop back passing game on early downs they just do not. They just don't have the horses. They, they just don't have the horses against this Eagles defense. There's not a single pass catcher that scares you in terms of his one on ones or the way that he's utilized. So, like, I, I, to me, this is a game where 
the American public is asleep by 10:15, and you and I are figuring out just how early in the fourth quarter we can start the postgame pod. Yeah, I'm so, well, I'll be saying, yeah, I have to wait for Philly's Astros to end. Uh, give me some time. I had this on the second screen. I was, I didn't have the sound on, that kind of thing. All right, so do you have a score for us? You like 34, them to cover? What did they do against the, the, the Steelers? 35 to 13? 36 to 12. 36 to 12. Yeah, they're just going to just score more points and give up less points. <laughs> are you a score? Do you like this score? Are you like part of the scoregami uh, mafia or whatever we should call them for? Uh, like, I, 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 that is one of the things that I don't hey, listen. I'm whatever you're into, you're into. I don't, I don't mock. It's fine. But she I said no that. kink shaming when it comes to <laughs> NFL enjoyment. <laughs> I look at it and I'm like, I really do not care at all about scoregami. But I don't know. Maybe 36 12 would be a scoregami. It sounds I like am not be. one of these cats who's like, it's the second <laughs> quarter and there's like a safety and a two point conversion. It's like, oh, this might be Scorigami. But once we get to it in a in a fourth quarter, where like the Scorigami bot tweets out. And for anybody who doesn't know, Scorigami uh, refers to a unique final score, a score like thirty six to twelve that has never happened in NFL history. As opposed yeah. to like twenty one to seventeen happens all the time. So you know the Scorigami bot will tweet out like you know oh like right now it's it's. 36 to 12 and 43 to 12 has never happened. You're like, all right, let's get a garbage time touchdown, baby. Let's do it. It makes things interesting at the very least like in the fourth quarter. So I'll, I, I, I dabble in scoregami. <laughs> all right, you dabble. Uh, the only reason, I, the only thing that gives me any hesitancy here and when I do my picks column, I'm always like, who is going to be taking the other side? You know, sometimes there are games and you're going, who on earth would be taking the other side of this game? And I kind of feel that way with this one. The other thing, sometimes when a line jumps big time from one week to the next, this line was nine and a half before last week and now went to 13 and a half, which like, I don't know that that is very rare for a line to jump four points based on the results of one weekend. So that's the only thing that gives me a little bit of pause. But I'm with you. I mean, I'm going to take them to cover the 13 and a half. I've got Eagles 34, Texans 14. I think it's a coaching mismatch. I think it's a talent mismatch. I think it's a quarterback mismatch. Uh, everywhere you look, only way the Eagles, I, this is a competitive game in the fourth quarter, in my opinion, is if the Eagles have a bunch of self-inflicted wounds, turnovers, special teams suffer key injuries during the game. All those things can happen. We watched the NFL enough to know those things can happen, but I'm not going to go ahead and predict those things. So I've got them with a breezy 20 point win. Uh, and everyone can kind of focus uh, on the Phillies once, uh, you know, maybe, maybe the entire night you're focused on the Phillies, but certainly, uh, late in the game. Yes. What do you got? Would you trade? If I, if I guaranteed you a Phillies win and the cost yeah. was an Eagles loss, would you take it? Yeah, I told you, I don't care if the Eagles win or lose. That would actually be more fun for me. It would be more fun. I'm getting bored of these 20, these, these blowout victories oh, yeah. where we come on here <laughs> and say how great they are. spoiling for some yeah. bad news. Yeah. I'm not, even some, saying, I'm not even saying the alternative games. is like guaranteed Eagles win, guaranteed Phillies lose. It's either everything yeah. plays out with uh, untouched by the gods of fate, or I can yeah. guarantee you a Phillies win. I guarantee it. This is World Series. But the Eagles Just have for to the lose one to the Texans on national television. Oh yeah, I will. I'll hundred uh, percent take that. I told you, yeah. Like I, I have the the Phillies. I the Capadia family is emotionally invested in the Eagles. I cover as a for, for my job, so I, I view them very uh, distinctly. So yes, I would one hundred percent take that. Like like there's probably you know how coaches are such sickos. There would probably be a part of Sirianni that would be like, all right. This is good. Now I can refocus everyone. You got to get the undefeated everything. monkey off your back at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gotta, gotta rip Don't that have them fe feeling themselves. So I bet there's a part of him. 
that wouldn't mind that. All right, we've both got the Eagles covering. All right, we'll have a Phillies postgame pod later tonight. I'll be back on Wednesday night with another Phillies postgame pod. Benny Souls is yawning now. Uh, he's got to be up Thursday night for Eagles-Texans. We'll do a postgame pod. That'll probably just be a supersized pod. We'll do Eagles. We'll do Phillies. Uh, we'll do it all in one big pod. So the feed will continue to be on fire all week. Appreciate everyone rating, reviewing, subscribing. Keep all that good stuff coming. And we will talk to you soon on the Ringers Philly Special. This episode is brought to you by Maybelline New York. Get ready to bring the heat with Maybelline's newest lip plumping gloss, Lifter Plump. Fair warning though, it's hot. Like, literally. It's formulated with chili peppers to bring a heated sensation and an instant plumping effect that lasts. Available in eight sizzling shades like Blush Blaze, Hot Honey, and more. Buy Lifter Plump now on Amazon and use the code 10PLUMP to get 10% off for a limited time. Tap the banner to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Ugg. Y'all know Ugg is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think Ugg season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from Ugg. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. Ugg has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the Golden Collection at Ugg.com.